what's going to make the biggest difference to every party and get together? The Lemonade Stand, Cantaloupe's, Merit, and Salmon Arms Premium Smoke and Vape Shops, helping people smile seven days a week till 10 p.m. Next to adults on Tronquil Road. Newsday with Jeff Andreas. It's Friday. It's after 4.30, and that means it is time for this week's edition of Cannabis. In this segment, I take a look at the world of cannabis and try to highlight what people are doing in this somewhat new and quickly growing industry, pun intended. I look at new business ideas, innovative uses for cannabis products, how they can benefit people medically and mentally, and also help shine a spotlight on Canadian entrepreneurs. But this week, I wanted to take a little bit of a look at what is going on south of the border. Tuesday's election saw a number of significant steps taken forward as a number of states legalized marijuana for adults. Voters in New Jersey and Arizona approved measures legalizing marijuana for adults 21 and over. In New Jersey, the legislature now will have to pass another measure setting up the new marijuana marketplace. The Arizona measure allow, uh, also allows people convicted of certain marijuana crimes to seek expungement of their records. Passage signaled a change of attitudes after Arizona voters narrowly defeated a legal pop proposal in 2016. South Dakota became the first state where voters authorized both recreational marijuana and medicinal marijuana via two separate initiatives in the same election. The legislation of recreational marijuana was approved by voters in Montana and medical marijuana won approval in Mississippi. While voters in Oregon they made it the first state to decriminalize the possession of small amounts of street drugs such as cocaine, heroin and methamphetamine. The Oregon Drug Initiative will allow people arrested with small amounts of hard drugs to avoid going to trial and possible jail time by paying a $100 fine and attending an addiction recovery program. The treatment centers will be funded by revenues from legalized marijuana, which was approved in Oregon several years ago. The proposal was endorsed by the Oregon Democratic Party, as well as some nurses and physician associations. The Oregon Republican Party, of course, had denounced the drug decriminalization measure as radical, and some prosecutors called it reckless. Oregon voters also did approve a measure making the state the first to legalize the therapeutic use of psychedelic mushrooms, something which I talked about on this segment last month. I caught up with the executive director of the Oregon Alcohol and Drug Policy Commission, Dr. Reginald C. Richardson Sr., to see how the commission feels about the changes and the road to implementation. Is the Alcohol and Drug Policy Commission happy to see this move? Well, it's the will of the people, and we're a state agency, and our job will be to work with the Oregon Health Authority to to implement uh, that will. So, you know, that's our position. I mean, okay, so with that being said, um, is there any input that was had in, in what went on the ballot, or was this just something that you were kind of monitoring to see what the next steps will be? Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, supporters and sponsors, rather, of that ballot measure chose not to uh, talk to us about it. And so I think we would have been able to help them to craft it in a more usable way. Uh, now there are lots of questions about implementation that we'll have to figure out. Um, but again, since it, once it became a ballot measure, uh, as a state agency, our job was to provide information. 
information about the measure, and we'll certainly put up our sleeves with our partners to make sure that it gets implemented. So you, you don't think this is necessarily going to be uh, as useful potentially as, as I mean, when I, when I look at it on the surface, it sounds like something that will help people avoid jail, right? We want to avoid um, flooding the, the jail system with people for, for crimes that uh, maybe are not worthy of jail time. Do you not necessarily see it as having that benefit, at least, at least the way things stand right now, of course, implementation being key? Sure. The, the devil is always in the details, right? So the, the ideal that, uh, you know, folks with small amounts of, of drugs would uh, be decriminalized, that makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, what doesn't make sense is the infrastructure necessary to carry out all of that. Uh, you can't just turn the switch and now one system is turned to the other. The other issue has been that it's, this is not new money. Uh, and so the money that has been identified to fund this initiative um, will come from places that have already been allocated resources to provide treatment and recovery support. And so that's going to leave um, a significant budget hole, uh, and the state will have to come up with this additional revenue to cover that hole, That, for example. Uh, so there are other issues related to the infrastructure and implementation that becomes problematic. Uh, overall, any time that we can get people to understand that addiction is a medical problem that requires a medical solution and not a criminal justice solution makes sense. Uh, and we certainly support this, uh, that idea for sure. Okay, so it's almost it sounds to me like you're you're very much in favor of the the initiative as like on the surface, but it almost feels a little bit like too much, too fast. Uh, yes, because I think we have a uh, system currently uh, that uh, I think it's going to make it more difficult, and I think it will, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that it potentially uh, it creates. Uh, uh, some dangerous uh, uh, situations for uh, folks. And so, again, the implementation is always the, the issue in these sorts of things, and that's what we're most concerned about. But, again, the bottom line will be there was there is some positive, and it does decriminalize uh, possession, small amounts of possession of, of drugs. It, I think that's helpful. Um, uh, so there, there is that part of it as well. And we'll get it done. Can, can you describe just like kind of what the situation is like in the state of Oregon when it comes to uh, mental health and addictions when it relates to, to drug use? I know like one of the things we always talk about up here in Canada is the opioid crisis, right? Things like, like oxy is like fentanyl being a very huge concern up here and, and the deaths that we see as a result. I assume Oregon is also dealing with the same things. Is it, uh, you know, any worse off, I guess, in Oregon than maybe elsewhere in other states or, or you know, can you describe sort of what the situation looks like? when it comes to, to drug addiction and drug abuse in Oregon? Yeah, our addiction rate, according to our national government, says that Oregon is 47 out of 50 states in terms of our addiction rate. So uh, we, we, we have significant problems with addiction. Um, alcohol is the largest addictive uh, drug. It, has, it kills us. Uh, it's the third leading cause of death in Oregon. We don't have the, the issues with opioids as bad as a lot of the country uh, has, but for us, it's 
been uh, alcohol, methamphetamines, and just lately, in the last uh, couple of quarters, we have seen fentanyl uh, and methamphetamine uh, deaths increase. From 2008 to 2019, there was a 400% increase in uh, methamphetamine overdose. Uh, the first quarter of last year, uh, we had a 70% increase in over last year uh, with methamphetamine and fentanyl. So we're seeing that now as a huge uh, increasing issue in our, in our state. Uh, only 5% of Oregonians receive treatment that they need. So our system is, is overtaxed. It isn't where we want it to be. We're working every day to improve that system. So um, that's the context of which the measure sort of uh, comes into play. Well, I, I hope that, uh, you know, this does at least reduce some of the stigma around drug use and does encourage more people yeah. to get into treatment because I think that's kind of the, the biggest part of this, right, is instead of going to jail time, you, you can go and, and seek some treatment and hopefully that will help with addiction rates because that's obviously a huge concern for you guys in, in the state of Oregon. Uh, I think that's about all. Obviously, we're really, really new into this with this just coming down on Tuesday night. Um, anything else, any final thoughts on this new legislation that's going to be coming in in the state of Oregon before I do let you go? Yeah, check us. Check in with us in a year. We'll see how we're doing. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate this. My pleasure. Take care. All right, that was the executive director of the Oregon Alcohol and Drug Policy Commission, Dr. Reginald Richardson Sr., speaking to what are some significant and progressive steps in the state of Oregon to decriminalize the possession of small amounts of street drugs such as cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamine. The initiative will allow people arrested with small amounts of hard drugs to avoid going to trial and possible jail time by paying a $100 fine, $100 U.S., and attending an addiction recovery program. The change makes a whole bunch of sense to me, right? Recreational drug users, even even those who are, you know, in that uh, path, in that uh, stuck in a cycle of drug abuse. They don't belong locked up in a jail cell, costing taxpayers tens of thousands of dollars a year to hold them in a cell. So let's be clear, right, about this as well. This change does not allow people to sell hard drugs. This change does not allow people to make hard drugs, but simple possession of a small amount of street drugs does not need to result in a criminal record, but rather it should be properly treated and dealt with in a more appropriate way. As Dr. Richardson says, though, the idea is great now, right? But it, it's great on the surface. How is it going to be, be implemented? And I will have to follow up on this in a year, as he mentioned, to see how things are progressing. This has been Cannabis, brought to you by The Lemonade Stand. Visit any of The Lemonade Stand's three locations for all of your cannabis needs. You can find them at 259 Tronquillo Road in Kamloops, 2013 Kilchenna Avenue in Merritt, 420 Trans-Canada Highway in Salmon Arm, or find them online at LemonadeStand420.com. The Lemonade Stand, the interior's favorite smoke shop. Let's get this party started. Your first stop should be the Lemonade Stand, Kamloops, Merritt, and Salmon Arms Premium Smoke and Vape Shops, helping people smile seven days a week till 10 p.m. next to adults on Tronquille Road.